Our passage tonight comes from Luke 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angels before he was conceived in the womb. This is the word of the Lord. Father, um, we come into your presence tonight and we just long for you. Lord, you, you've given yourself to us. We're, we're talking about it tonight. We're singing about it tonight. And, um, and we ask you to, you to come and give yourself to us in fresh ways. Lord, you speak. Uh, you, you have not been silent. You've given us your word. Your word stands forever. You've spoken your word to us, and you've allowed our hearts to respond. And, uh, but we, we come tonight asking uh, for the experience of the shepherds here, that you would speak to us again afresh. You would speak to each of our hearts individually in your word and through your Holy Spirit. Uh, that we would hear you speak to us, uh, your, your son or your daughter, and that we would walk away rejoicing and praising God for all the things uh, that you have told us that we have seen and heard according to your word. So Lord, please come do that now. Lord, don't leave us unchanged. We beg you to come and, and continue to make us and remake us in your image and free us from our sin and, um, and turn us loose to to praise you and see you as you are and, and uh, bring you into this world in new ways. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So um, I'm gonna start off with a questionable story. Um, when I was an 18-year-old, uh, several friends and I went to another city to obtain fake IDs. And when we did so, um, one of my friends who was with me we, we, we got them, and we went to use them, and he, he made a, a grave mistake of going to the ABC store, which is very uh, stringent on 
ID checking, and uh, that particular friend was not a very old-looking friend, and so he walks in, and he's trying to be very serious and grown up, and he, he, buy, he takes the things that he's trying to purchase, and he goes up to the counter, and uh, he says, hey, how's it going? And the guy says, yeah, let me see your ID. And so he hands him his ID, and he looks at it, and he takes it and puts it in his pocket, and he says, hey, thanks, man. And if you want to just go uh, and put that stuff back and just leave, then we won't have any more trouble. And the guy, and my friend's like, uh, excuse me, you know, trying to act like offended, like, uh, this is my ID, and he was like, well, three things. One, I don't even need to see the ID. You're not 21. Look at your face. Okay, second of all, um, the ID that you've given me is in, very fake, um, and, and third of all, even on this very fake ID, you've put the wrong birth year, so even on your fake ID, you're still 20 years old, and <laughs> my friend, like, you know, with nowhere to go, was just like, good day, sir. Just, like, walked out of the store. And, you know, we can hear that story and laugh because it's funny. Uh, and you think about this guy trying to be somebody that he's not. But, you know, if we're really honest with ourselves, there are many ways in which we walk through life and, and equally as comically and equally as obvious to the world around us that we are trying to be somebody uh, that we are not. And uh, that's, that's what we're talking about tonight. And so um, if, if you're coming into tonight feeling frayed and feeling worn thin, um, chances are that, that a, a big ingredient to that recipe of, of feeling that way is just our pride. Um, we, we set ourselves to work constantly trying to perfect ourselves, constantly trying to stretch and, and be just a slightly better version, slightly more than we really are, uh, in the world's eyes and in God's eyes, and we're always policing our reputation and trying to build our resume, and it just wears us out, and we weren't made to live like that. And so tonight, um, there's really good news for us in this account of how God came to us uh, in the way that he did. And so he comes to us to set us free from our pride. He comes to us to set us free from the need and the desire to do that because he's come to love us and give us himself exactly where we are, exactly as we are. And the fruit of that is great joy. And so uh, that's where we're going tonight. We're going to see how Jesus coming into the world, uh, looking into how he came to us so that we can experience the great joy that he's come to give us. And so first, asking this question, how, how is it that Jesus came? Um, Jesus came very humbly. He is the king of the universe. So let's, let's start there. He's the king of the universe. He created everything that we see, and he enters into his creation as a baby. That's very humble, uh, but way, way more so than that. Not just entering his creation as a baby, but um, he enters into this time where this man, Caesar Augustus, who is wanting to be and setting himself up to be a god, and he wants to be worshiped as a god, he tells the world the known, the Roman Empire, you all have to go back to your hometowns and be counted for this census. And so it's his decree that makes Mary and Joseph have to leave their home and go back to Bethlehem where David, uh, where uh, Joseph's lineage is because he's related to David. And so Jesus, even being born as a baby, isn't even able to be born in his home. He's on the road. He's displaced. And think about that for all of you uh, mothers and would-be mothers 
just what that's like to be in a foreign place to you know for us it would be like leaving Nashville and having your baby on the road in some town in the sticks where you're far away from your doctor who you've built this relationship with and you're just displaced and now this this extremely scary major life event that Mary's never experienced before is happening in a in a foreign place and in a foreign way he was born in a place for animals Um, there was no no place for him it says there's no place for them in this word in means like guest room like that apparently they were supposed to stay at somebody that they knew their room in their house but they've been displaced by some other guests maybe there was confusion but um, they were the ones who got told sorry we don't have a place for you anymore and so Jesus the king of the universe was born into this world in a feeding trough I mean just think about that and and that that strikes directly into my entitled heart. I, I'm very quick to defend and protect and grasp for my rights and what I think I deserve. You know, I go through this life wanting to be served and not wanting to serve. And when we stop and we see Jesus who, who deserves everything, um, all praise, all glory, everyone to else to be displaced so that he can be rightly placed in the the greatest position of honor Um, he's okay he's okay with just being being born as he was because you know Jesus makes clear when he's an adult I, I came not to be served but to serve like this doesn't threaten me to be born this way and not only that um Luke makes a, a special note here that um, Mary says that Joseph went to be registered with Mary in verse 5, his betrothed, who is with child. Careful to remind us that no one else knows what's going on. And so Mary and Joseph are living their lives misunderstood. The world is seeing Mary very pregnant, and they know that Joseph and Mary are not yet married. And so Jesus is born into this very unspecial family. And now on top of that, they're misunderstood. And everybody's talking about them. And everybody's putting, um, putting their own spin on the story of what they think really happened with Mary. And so Jesus is, is okay to be born into this family. He's misunderstood. He's okay that his people are misunderstood. It's not threatening to him the way that it's threatening to me. And this, this strikes at my need to be understood. And everybody needs to see me the way that I think I need to be seen. And everybody needs to come to, the, come to me in the way that I think they need to come to me. Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's okay. You can put that down. You don't have to be working for more respect. You don't have to be going to get a better job or going to get a better life situation so that everybody will respect you and everybody will treat you well. It's okay. You don't have to do that. You can put all of that down. It's just, you know, asking the Lord that he would make his favor enough for me. That I don't need to demand that the world meet me on my own terms. So Jesus came very humbly to us. And who did he come to? He came to the the very unspecial the very average. Um, I love here just thinking about 
the fact that Jesus's first visitors were shepherds that he didn't even know. Very, uh, very unspecial visitors. It wasn't foreign dignitaries. It wasn't people who loved it, his family very much. It wasn't extended family who made the trip to come see him. None of those people came to see him. But it was just a, a group of shepherds who showed up. And I just <laughs> think about like shepherds coming to the, the hospital room. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm a shepherd. I don't, we don't know you, but <laughs> somebody told us to come here and uh, just smelly and in their shepherd clothes. And Mary and Joseph were like, okay, yeah, great. Um, these shepherds, they're just out in the field doing their, their job. They're keeping their sheep safe. Um, this was a, not a, a great job. I mean, this was not a glamorous job. This was very blue-collar or maybe even below blue-collar. Um, when I think about this story, I think about just instead of shepherds in a field at night, I think about something that's more relatable for us, like uh, a group of long-distance truckers at a truck stop talking to each other around their rigs one night. Or I think about a kitchen staff at a restaurant that's all out behind the restaurant having a smoke break one night. Um, and all of a sudden, this angel appears to them. The angel appears to them and really kind of happens to them because all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the glory of God surrounds them. And they are terrified. The, the word here in the Greek is that they are mega Afraid, They feel mega fear. And the angel says, don't have mega fear, have mega joy. Because we came here, I came here to give you good news. And here's the good news. It's really easy to miss this little phrase that just means the world to them and to us. Unto you. Unto you is born a Savior and a Lord. God himself, who has come to be your Savior and your Lord, Jesus is yours. Jesus is yours. He is born to you. He's born for you. He's not just Mary's. He's not just people that spend their whole life in the temple, like we've been talking about um, Anna and Simeon the last couple weeks. He's not just for them. He's for you. This Savior was born to you and for you. And I love what the angel says here. How do you know, smelly, unspecial shepherds, that this Savior was born to you? Well, let me tell you where you're going to find him. You're going to find him in a feeding trough for animals. And when, when they find Jesus in a feeding trough, in a very unspecial, smelly place, then it, it helps them believe the truth, like, oh, he really, he's for us. Like, he knows us. Like, he's come to us in our world. He's, he, he knows what it's like to be us, and he's not afraid or ashamed to be with us. Like, now we can trust that this is true, that he's really come for us. You know, I don't know, I, I wonder if you're like me, but um, the Lord has been exposing in me the last few weeks that I, I've pretty much lived my whole life um, for the someday that's coming. And I, I, I help myself feel better about the someday that's out there in the future. Like if I'm really blowing it as a dad or a husband right now, it's like, okay, that's okay because someday I'll be a perfect dad. I'll be a perfect husband someday. Um, I know, I won't. Um, or, or, you know, even as a pastor or even preaching or whatever it is, like, okay, yeah, that was bad, but 
yeah, you know, one day, one day I'm going to be amazing at this. And something that the Lord has been speaking to me lately, and it's, you know, it's hard to swallow, but it's also really kind of him is, hey, Matt, like, that someday is probably not going to come for most of the stuff that you're talking about. And so, like, are you going to be okay just being you and just being the you that you are now and, and the you that you are today? Because all the other yous in the future aren't real. They don't exist yet, and they may never exist. Like, I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? So what's your story? What, what is it that you hate about yourself? What is it that you want to see changed like yesterday? Is it that you're single? Is it that you're, you think you're unattractive or, or that you're very average at your job or that you have a job that's not exciting? What is it for you? Well, whatever it is for you, um, Jesus is here saying, hey, I, I came for you. You don't have to be extra. You don't have to be amazing at something for me to notice you or to find you. I, I will find you exactly where you are. Like I was born in a tiny town in a feeding trough. Like none of your averageness or unspecialness is gonna keep me from finding you and being with you and giving myself to you. God's value system is so different from ours. Like I, I run myself ragged because I'm trying to be something more. And Jesus is saying in this passage and throughout scripture and with his whole life and death and resurrection that you don't need to be that. You don't need to be anything other than who you are and where you are and what you are right now. Mark 2, 17, um, Jesus is essentially asked here, why are you hanging out with, why are you spending time with undesirable people? And he says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so here's a question for me, for us. If Jesus came for the weary, sin-sick, average, unspecial person, why am I spending so much energy trying to get out of the category <laughs> of people that Jesus came for? to give great joy to. It doesn't make any sense, but I do. And you do. And Jesus is saying, like, if you'll just be you, like, I came for you, you, to give you great joy, to give you life, to give you hope, to be your Savior, to be your Lord. Why do you not want me to be your Savior and Lord? Why do you want to go be your own Savior and Lord? Why, why are you saying no to my great joy so that you can go try to find it on your own by perfecting yourself? Just come to me. And the answer, at least in part, is pride. Like this just major problem that we have. And that, that leads us to our, our last uh, point here is why has Jesus come? It's in his name. The name Jesus means that God saves or God delivers. He's come to save us from ourselves. He's come to save us from our, our sin. Um, our song tonight, our, our series, these, these four Advent weeks, has been singing the story. And the song tonight that we're focusing on is the song we sang right before the sermon, O Holy Night. He has come to save us from our sin and error 
that have us pining for freedom. He's come to give us an appetizer of hope, the thrill of hope for the feast of salvation and eternal life that's coming. And he's come to bring us mega joy now because we can forget ourselves. We can actually live in a self-forgetful way that demand all that energy that's demanded from me focusing on myself constantly trying to perfect myself and guard what you see and don't see I can just put all that down and be free and that that is great joy that is a gift that's not something that I can give myself that's something that he has to give me but he's come to give us peace now he's coming to give us love now you are loved now great joy is yours now it's not when you get a little bit better. It's not when you get a little more holy or a little more accomplished or a little more together. It's now. It's, you're just okay as you are. Like Jesus loves you and he's come to give himself to you now. He's come to waste himself on undeserving sinners like us. Think about what happens in this passage. Uh, look at the way that the multitude of angels appears to these shepherds. It's just a few guys sitting on this hillside at night, and all of a sudden, not only does one angel come, but there is this multitude of angels, thousands upon thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of angels fill the sky. The glory of the Lord shines all around the, the shepherds. I'm not even going to pretend to know what that was like. But just think about this angelic concert that these guys are taking in, and the fact that it's kind of wasted on them. It makes me think about somebody who's not even a music appreciator getting to hear some like private concert from your favorite artist and just think about the shepherd sitting there when it's done like, wow, man, that was really good. I like that middle part a lot. Y'all did. That was good. <laughs> Sounded really nice. Um, but you just think like, did the angels get a wrong address? Like, weren't there people that were more important that they should have come to? Like, like, What's happening here? That God sends all of his angelic realm to just a handful of guys? Just nobodies. Right? But really, no. Not, not right. They're not nobodies. And this is, this is something that we need to hear because we, we um, devalue something so infinitely valuable about ourselves and about other people is that we were made in the image of God. So this was not a waste. The fact that hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions, I don't know, of angels appeared to these few men is not a waste of God's resources. Listen to this from Hebrews 1.5. To which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? What the author of Hebrews is essentially saying is as amazing and powerful and majestic as angelic beings are, they are jealous of our relationship with God. And I don't mean that in a, in a holy way. I just mean like the Lord has created us, his people, to bear his image. Angels are his messengers and his stewards for our benefit. God calls us sons and daughters through Jesus. So this is not a waste. This informs us about how God sees us and how God thinks about us. And if you think this heavenly concert is a waste, then you're going to be blown away by the cross. 
because God himself just wastes himself and, and bleeds out for you and for me. Unworthy sinners. You know, the reason that we're constantly trying to perfect ourselves to death and constantly trying to guard our reputations is because we have this gnawing knowledge in us that things are not okay. And we, we try so hard to suppress it and hide it and keep our own minds from it, but the reality is that we, we have done this thing and we live in this way where we, we want to be God and we demand that God serve us and serve our will instead of the other way around. And so when we think about God, when we're forced to sit and think about God in that place, it's actually terrifying. It's mega fear. And Jesus has come to bring mega joy and say, you don't have to live like that anymore because I'm the one who's going to make a way. I'm going to take the wrath due for your sin on me so that you can be reconciled with your heavenly father so that I can remake you in the image of God so that you can be with him and experience mega joy and not have to be anything other than who you are in me long lay the world in sin and error pining just trying so hard to be somebody until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And, and look at the worth. Look at, look at what he's told us. Our souls are worth our infinite worth because, it, because they were bought with an infinite price. And so a weary world rejoices. We are wearied from our sin and from our striving and from our pride and our fear. And now we can rejoice. We can rejoice because we can lay all of that down it's been dealt with. It's been dealt with forever. And so what does that mean for us, Midtown West? It means that we're a people who are learning how to be ourselves, how to be honest about who we are and where we are, not trying to keep up appearances, not trying to put on airs, but just to, to be free in being us and know that we are loved by God, and that's enough. We're learning how to enjoy belonging to Jesus and Jesus being ours unto you, the Savior, this Lord. He's yours. And so as, as we grow in an understanding of what that is, we grow in this life of worship where we just rejoice and we praise him for who he is and what he's doing in our lives and in our midst. And lastly, we're a, a people who are telling those who haven't yet heard or who are mistaken about who God is and what Jesus has come to do. We're going to people in our worlds who are just, who are lost, who are hopeless, who are hurting, who are dying, who are full of mega fear when they think about God. And we're saying, hey, as his ambassadors, we, we go with him, for him. He comes through us, with us, to them to say, we have good news for you. Good news of great joy. You don't have to live like this anymore because here's who God really is. Here's how he really thinks about you. And here's who Jesus is and what he's really come to do to set you free for life.